Nem بسم الرحيم ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان احسن الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة دلالة وكل دلالة في النار. Okay, uh, in the next series of lessons, I'm going to go through uh, some uh, small works of uh, Sheikh Islam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab, rahimahullah, uh, which have been explained by Sheikh Saleh Al Fawzan. This is a book here. Silsala uh, Sharh al-Rasail which is like a series an explanation of like the small works of Sheikh Islam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab so within here you've got like you've got Al-Usul al-Sitta six principles that we've already been through uh, you've got uh, an explanation of six places in the seerah which we'll go through a bit later on and there's many small works as well like the meaning of Taghut the meaning of La ilaha illallah uh, and you know many other useful uh, little booklets. So, in the next maybe four or five lessons, maybe a bit longer, we're going to go through this uh, section here, which is some of the benefits of Surah uh, Surah Al-Fatiha. Some of the benefits of Surah Al-Fatiha. This is a nice explanation, a very nice explanation by uh, Sheikh Al-Islam, and. Sheikh Salil Fosan has got a nice brief explanation to it as well. And there's some very nice benefits in there that we can benefit from. So to begin then, the, 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 the title is Ba'd Fawaid Min Surat Al-Fatiha Some Benefits from Surah Al-Fatiha So first of all, he brings uh, the first three verses Alhamdulillah, after, after saying Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman rahim Maliki Yawmiddin. So concerning this, the Shaykh, Shaykh Saleh Al-Fawzan, he begins his commentary upon this opening, you know, these opening three verses, and he says, first of all, after praising Allah, the Lord of the worlds, and sending prayers and salutations upon our Prophet Muhammad Wasallam, and upon his family and upon his companions. He says that this treatise here is specific or specifically addressed or specifically devoted to explaining some of the benefits of Surah Al-Fatiha. And this surah is one of the, the great surahs, it's a great surah and it's been called Al-Fatiha. Why has it been called Al-Fatiha? Because it's the surah by which the Quran is opened or introduced. Al-Fatiha literally means the opener. This is what Al-Fatiha means. Al-Fatiha, the opener. Here it would mean the opening surah. The surah which opens up the Quran. And so this therefore is the first surah. And another another name that's been given to this surah is As-Sab' Al-Mathani. As-Sab' Al-Mathani. This is another name that's been given uh, to Al-Fatiha in the Quran. And what this means is the seven 
this this word as-sab'ul mathani means the seven often recited verses what was it seven verses and then the verse in which this is mentioned is surah al-hijr which is the fifth 15 surah surah number 15 verse 87 in which allah says wa laqad atinaka sab'an min al-mathani wal-qur'an al-azim that we have given you seven oft repeated verses and the mighty quran so therefore the surah is seven verses seven oft recited verses and this word al-mathani what, what does it mean al-mathani it means or as as you've seen in the trans- translation it means something that's often repeated and as you know that this surah is repeated by every muslim in every raka'ah in every you know unit of the prayer five times you know in a day so it's oft repeated often repeated it's also been given another name so it's called al-fatiha it's called as-sab'ul mathani it's also been been given another name which is ummul quran ummul quran which again uh, literally it would mean the mother of the quran ummul quran or another way to put it is when we use this word umm umm shay when we say the umm of something it means the base to which you know something returns back to the base or the foundation so the quran what does this mean it means that when we look at the quran and we look at everything that the quran contains of all the different meanings of all the different subject areas that it touches upon then this surah surah al-fatiha all of those meanings will go back to surah fatiha as a foundation so in other words surah surah al-fatiha is a foundation which contains certain like general uh, meanings and principles which are contained in the whole of the quran or or that whatever is contained in the quran will always go back to this foundation which is surah al-fatiha this is this is what is meant when we say umm al-quran this is what is meant <coughs> Another word or another name that's been given to Surah Al-Fatiha another way that's been described is As-Salah As-Salah the prayer it's been made synonymous with the prayer As-Salah why because of the hadith of the prophet Ali sallallahu alaihi in which he narrates this is a hadith qudsi and in which Allah when in which the messenger says that Allah the mighty and majestic he said So this is Allah saying I have divided the prayer as-salah between me and between my servant in two halves. And what what is he referring to? He's referring to Surah Al-Fatiha. And then the hadith continues. So when he says Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alamin, so when the servant says Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alamin, Allah says my servant has extolled me. And when he says Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Maliki yawmiddin Allah says my servant has praised me <coughs> and when he says meaning the one who's praying the, the person who's praying when the person who's praying he says iyyaka na'budu wa iyyaka nasta'in Allah says this is between me and between the servant in two halves and my servant will have what he asked for so in other words 
the first three verses, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Rahim, Maliki Umiddin, all of that is for Allah. Because these are three verses that pertain to Allah. They mention names of Allah. So this is why in this hadith, or in this, here Allah says, my servant has praised me. But in the fourth verse, when we say, this verse is divided into two halves. The first half, is in reference to Allah. In, the, in, the, in, the, in that we're saying that we worship only Allah. And the second half, this is when the servant is saying that from you we seek aid. So in other words, one half is for, is for Allah and one half is for the servant. This is why in this hadith, as the messenger narrates from Allah, Allah says, That this is between me and my servant in two halves. And to my servant, he will have whatever he asked for. So, uh, these are some of the names then. Al-Fatiha, Al-Sab'ul Mathani, Ummul Qur'an, Al-Salah. These are some of the names given to this surah. And the Shaykh continues and he says that this surah, Surah Al-Fatiha, consists of seven verses. With three verses, uh, we describe Allah. In three verses, we describe Allah. These are the first three verses. And these descriptions that we give to Allah are a form of praising Allah. Three, sorry, three and a half verses. Three and a half verses are for praising Allah. Three and a half. And in the other three and a half, they are for the servant. So the first three and a half are for Allah, and the second three and a half are for the servant who is actually praying to Allah. So then the Shaykh says that from Iyya Kanasta'in to the end of the surah, all of this is for the servant. Which means that, the, that the, from the beginning of the surah to iya kanabud, that is for Allah subhanahu wa taala, and this is why in this hadith, Allah or in this hadith Qudsi, Allah says that I have divided the prayer between meaning between meaning al fatiha, referring to al fatiha is divided half of it between half of it with Allah and half of it with the servant. That's why in this hadith the word used was qasamtu as salah, I have divided. The, 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 the As-Salah Meaning Al-Fatiha Surah Al-Fatiha Okay Another name That it's been given Is Al-Kafiyah 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 Which means That which is sufficient That which is sufficient Another name that has been given as well Is Al-Ruqya Ruqya. Ruqya meaning Ruqya refers to you know when we protect ourselves from the jinn and from the shayateen and we recite something from the Quran or some of the supplications. This is known as Ruqya. So Al Fatiha itself has been described uh, or has been, been given the name Al Ruqya. Why? Then the Shaykh explains from uh, a narration, a hadith. He says a group from the Sahaba. Uh, the group from the Sahaba, they came uh, Yeah, so basically a group from the Sahaba, they came and they were taken as guests by some people and they were, one of them was uh, bitten by a snake. So then they came to uh, oh, sorry, some of the Arabs in fact some of the Arabs came 
and they the sahaba uh, they were yeah so they, they were basically they, they were taken as or they were they were taken as guests and one of them was stung and so they came to the sahaba so they actually came to the sahaba asking for a ruqya so one of the sahaba said we we would give ruqya but you didn't give us you know you didn't uh, take us in as guests take us in as guests so we won't give you ruqya except for a small reward or a small uh, price so what they did was they said that we'll we'll give you something of the flock the flock of sheep so then the sahaba or one of the sahaba he read upon them the surah al-fatiha and this person he stood up as if you know he'd just been really as if he'd been held in uh, you know as if he'd been tied down and he got up as if he'd just been released meaning that he you know he he, he was cured so then when these sahaba when they came to the prophet ali sallallahu they told him what had happened you know that they came to this to this valley or something and uh, there were some arabs there and they met them but these arabs didn't give them didn't host them didn't accommodate them but then one of those people got you know and then to to, 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 the, to the rest of the story so then the prophet ali sallallahu he replied and he said وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ أَنَّهَا رُقِيَةً right, so, so he then made a remark and this remark is concerning Surah Al-Fatiha he said and what will inform you that it is a ruqya what will inform you that it is a ruqya he's speaking here about Surah Al-Fatiha why? because the Sahaba read Al-Fatiha and he cured that person so the messenger said وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ أَنَّهَا رُقِيَةً that what will inform you that this is a ruqya so here it's also been given the name of a ruqya then the Shaykh continues and he says, this surah is you know, a mighty surah and what indicates its greatness is that Allah, Allah has made it to be a pillar from the pillars of the prayer. Right? To read, to recite this surah has been made a pillar from the pillars of the prayer. And the fact that it's re- repeated in every single raqa', in every single unit of the prayer, this in itself shows the greatness of this surah. And this surah, it contains many, many lofty and, and beautiful, you know, noble meanings. It contains the various types of tawheed. It contains the three types of tawheed. So for example, in the first verse, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, this contains tawheed al-rububiyyah. Praise be to Allah, the Lord of the worlds, Rabbul Alameen. Rabb meaning the Lord, the creator, the owner, the provider. So here this is an affirmation of Tawheed al-Rububiyyah, in the sense that Allah is singled out in His actions of creating and providing and sustaining. Nobody else shares with Him in those actions that He performs, you know, which, uh, on account of which you know, he, he, creates, <coughs> he, he creates the creation and He maintains the creation. Then the next verse, or the next two verses, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawmiddin. Here, there are three names of Allah. Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, and Malik. And these are three of the names of Allah, and they also comprise attributes. So what, what this indicates, the Tawheed of Al-Asma wa Sifat. And in the, the beginning of the fourth verse, Iyaka na'budu wa Iyaka nasta'een. That you alone do we worship And from you alone do we seek help 
This here represents Tawheed al-Ubudiyya. Tawheed, which is, you know, the, 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 in which we single out Allah with all forms of worship. So therefore, this, as, as a beginning, this surah comprises the three types of Tawheed. Likewise, it also comprises the two types of Dua. Dua is of two types. Dua is of two types. The Dua, which is the Dua of Ibadah, and the Dua, dua the Dua of Worship, and the Dua, which is the Dua of Mas'ala, the Dua of Asking. What are these two types of Dua? The Shaykh explains. First of all, when we say Dua Al-Ibadah, this means that we praise Allah and we mention Allah, we make mention of Allah, the Mighty and Majestic. This is when we, you know, read, you know, when, when we praise Allah, like Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, and so on and so forth, or when we mention Allah and His names and so on and so forth. This is the Dua of Al-Ibadah. This is like dhikr, remembrance that we make of Allah. This is considered to be Dua. And the second type of Dua, Dua Al-Mas'ala, the Dua of Mas'ala, which is the Dua of asking. This is when we ask for specific needs from Allah. And this is found, this is also found in the surah. So for example, we say, إِحْدِنَ السِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Right, so here we are asking Allah something specifically. We are saying, oh Allah, guide us to the straight path. سِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ The straight path of those upon whom you have bestowed mercy. So, this is dua of mas'ala, when we ask Allah for a specific need. And this is like, for example, when we say, oh Allah, Allah maghfirli, oh Allah forgive me, oh Allah you know, sustain me, provide me, oh Allah have mercy upon me. These are specific things that we are asking. This is known as dua, the dua of mas'ala. As for when we're just praising Allah, making dhikr of Him and so on and so forth, this is considered dua, but it's the dua of al-ibadah. Okay, then the shaykh says, so therefore we find that this surah, surah al-fatiha, it contains the dua of al-mas'ala, and this is why it's recommended at the end that when we finished reciting this surah that we say Ameen. Which means, oh Allah, the meaning of Ameen means, oh Allah, respond. This is what Ameen means. Ameen meaning, oh Allah, Allahumma astad, oh Allah, respond. And this Ameen is normally said after a dua and surah al-fatiha, the whole of it is, is dua. All of surah al-fatiha is dua. In both senses, in the sense of du'a of ibadah, because some verses mention Allah, His names, His you know, uh, and so on and so forth. So that's the praise of Allah, and that's du'a. And other parts of the surah, we are asking, you know, for guidance. We are asking for something specific from Allah, and that is also considered uh, du'a. Okay, so it contains tawheed, and it contains du'a. Two types of du'a, and it contains the three types of tawheed. It also contains a mention of the sending of the messengers. It also contains or implies the sending of the messengers. This surah also contains the sending of the messengers. Why? Why? There are two points. First of all, when Allah says, Rabbul Alameen, that Allah is the Lord of the, of, 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 you know, Lord of the worlds, then a Rabb, a Rabb, when we say Rabb, Lord, a Lord is one who rectifies 
the situation of his servants. Right? He always looks for the benefit and the rectification and the betterment of his servants. And one of the things that follow on from that is the, is the sending of the messengers in order to guide them and in order to you know, nurture them. This is something that, that the, the fact that Allah is the Lord and the creator of the seven heavens and the earth, then by necessity he will send them messengers. That's the first point. The second thing is that in this surah we say, we ask Allah, المستقيم, we actually ask Allah, guide us to the straight path. So therefore, we know that it's not possible for us to be guided to the straight path except by messengers that Allah has actually uh, sent. So from these two angles, this surah also contains an affirmation of the sending of the messengers, that Allah has sent messengers to, to, you know, to, 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 to the creation. Also what the surah contains is a refutation of a number of groups of people, a number of factions, a number of groups of people. So for example, it contains a refutation of those atheists who deny that the creation has a creator. It's a refutation of them. Why? Because in the surah Allah has begun by stating that the creation has a Lord. He said, Rabbul Alamin. Alhamdulillah, Rabbul Alamin. So here is an affirmation of the Creator. And a Rabb, the meaning of a Rabb is the Creator and the one who nurtures every, you know, the, the, the whole of the creation with his favors. And the one who rectifies the situation and the one who, you know, is the, the, the owner. And all of this comes under the meaning of a Rabb. So this is a refutation of the atheists who negate a Creator. It also contains a refutation of the Mushrikeen. Those who worship other things besides Allah, whether they, you know, whether these atheists, whether these mushrikeen are pagans or they're Jews or Christians or Hindus or Buddhists or whatever, every single faction which worships other than Allah, then it is a refutation of them. Uh, why? Because in the surah, Allah says, or the, the believers say, "Iya kanabud." So this is an affirmation that worship is only for Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. This shows that worship should be singled out for Allah. So this is a refutation of the mushrikeen and those who worship alongside Allah, Allah, other things besides Him. It's also a refutation of many different groups from, you know, uh, from within this nation, from within the Muslim Ummah, who separated from the truth. For example, such as the Jahmiyyah. Those group, you know, those people who rejected Allah's names and attributes, and many, the, many of the other affairs of of creed. Likewise, the Mu'tazila, the Mu'tazila, those who rejected again the names of the, the attributes of Allah, and you know, they basically put their intellects above the Quran. So they made the Quran and the Sunnah to be, you know, to to to, to be subservient to their intellects. Likewise, the Ashaira or the Ash'aris, these people likewise, all of these people, they deviated in these subjects, in the subject of Allah's names and attributes, in the subject of Al-Qada wal-Qadr, the issue of you know, the, the decree, and so on and so forth. And this includes the Maturidiyya, and everyone who basically follows in their way, and who negates Allah's attributes, or who negates anything from them, or who negates something from the affairs of creed, like Al-Qadaw, Al-Qadr, and you know, the, 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 whatever follows on from that, 
Surah Al-Fatiha is a refutation of all of them. Then the Shaykh continues and he says, likewise within the Surah, within the Surah we find that the Surah contains an affirmation of the resurrection, that the people will be resurrected. Why? Because Allah said, Maliki Yawmiddin. Maliki Yawmiddin. The master of the day of judgment. And Yawmuddin is the Yawmul Hisab, which is the day of reckoning. And this is the meaning of Deen. Deen here in this in this in this ayah means the account, being held to account or the reckoning. And this is synonymous with the day of judgment. Why has it been called Yomuddin? This is because Allah will account the servants, you know, will account all of the servants, and He will reward them for their actions. He will give them their dues for their actions. And this is, yeah, so this is an affirmation of the resurrection. And in fact, this is also a refutation of those people who reject the res- re- resurrection. There's many people from the creation who negate that there will, that, you know, that there's a creator who will resurrect mankind after they, they, you know, after they've perished. So this is a refutation of those people as well. Uh, likewise, it's a refutation of the the Yahud, those upon whom is Allah's anger, and whoever is upon their way, whoever follows their way. Why why is Allah's anger upon them? Is because they have knowledge, but they don't act upon that knowledge. Right, so this is a refutation of the people who have knowledge, but they don't act upon knowledge. And this is primarily in reference to the Yahud, but it also applies generally to the Muslimin as well. So those people who have knowledge, but they don't act upon that knowledge. And similarly, it, it, the surah also contains a refutation of the Christians, those who worship Allah, but without knowledge and without guidance. <coughs> right, so you have knowledge, you have, you have knowledge and action. So if the two of them don't come together, you'll be in one of two situations. Either you have knowledge and you don't act upon it, in which case you resemble the Jews, or you don't have knowledge, but you start acting and you start worshipping Allah upon other than knowledge, upon ignorance. In this case, you are like the Christians. You have a trait of the traits of the Christians. Likewise, it also contains a refutation. The surah also contains a refutation of... Every innovator from within Islam who worships Allah without evidence. In fact, it could be an innovator whether he's a Muslim or or a non-Muslim. So every innovator who worships Allah without any evidence, such as, for example, you know, you know, like like the Christians and other than them. Why? Because the one who is astray, when we say waladhalin, the one who is astray, the dal, he's the one who worships Allah upon other than guidance. So therefore we find that the Christians and likewise the innovators and all of the deviants, all of them come under this ayah, waladhalin, you know, do not make us from those who are astray. Why? Because they worship Allah with innovations, they worship Allah with things which are not found within Islam, with newly invented affairs, with, you know, these deviant, you know, New things that they introduce, which Allah has not sent down any authority for. So all of these people come under this, 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 you know, this, 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 this ayah, waladhalin, 
not of those who are Why? Because they worship Allah with ignorance and with innovations, with superstitions, with newly invented affairs, none of which have a basis in the book and, and the sunnah. So therefore, Surah Al-Fatiha also contains a refutation of innovators and innovations. Likewise, it also contains a refutation of the scholars of misguidance. The scholars of misguidance, those people who initiate this misguidance and misguide people on account of it. These are the people who basically twist the words, twist the words from their correct meanings, and they just act upon their desires, they twist the texts, they distort the texts, they give them meanings and, and, and interpretations, besides those which Allah intended. Why do they do this? All so that this agrees with their own desires. And at the head of these people, like those who are guilty of this, and who are at the head of them all, are the Yahud. And whoever follows in their footsteps or upon their, upon their path. Just like, so for example, at the head of these people, who are people who twist and distort, and you know, lie upon the deen of Allah, and act upon their desires and ignorance, and twist the texts, the head of these people are the Yahud. Why? Because they did it with the Torah. And they did it with what Allah revealed to Musa salam. And likewise, at the head of those people who are upon ignorance and who follow their, you know, like, who, 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 are, who are innovators and who introduce new things into the religion, who worship Allah upon ignorance and misguidance, at the head of them are the, are the Christians. They are the ones who are like the, the pioneers, you know, the ones who began this thing. They are the pioneers of this affair. And likewise, the pioneers... Of twisting and distorting the revelation. Can you repeat that bit? Start from the Christian bit. Yeah. The next verse, where does the Christians from that? Yeah, from here. Yeah. Well, the Christian. Yeah. 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 Sorry. The, so, so just like, for example, the Yahud are the pioneers, or those who are at the foremost of those people who twist and distort the revelation of Allah, who give it false interpretations. You know, who 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 don't act upon what they know, but they just merely follow their desires and they twist the text and so on and so forth. These are the Yahud. So in a similar way, the, 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 the Christians are, are at the head of the people of innovation, in the sense that those people who act upon ignorance and who introduce new affairs into the religion which don't have a basis, the ones who are at the forefront of this are the Christians. They are the pioneers of this, of this behavior. And for this reason, for this reason, some of the Salaf, some of the Salaf, they used to say, مَنْ ضَلَّ مِنْ عُلَمَائِنَا فَفِيهِ That whoever, whoever went astray from our scholars, then he has a resemblance to the, to the Yahud, to the, to, to, the, to the Jews. And whoever went astray from our worshippers, then he has a resemblance to the Christians. What does it mean? Right, the first half, whoever went, went astray from our scholars, then he has a resemblance to the Jews. What it means is, a scholar who didn't act upon his knowledge. When he went astray, then he has a trait of the Yahud within him. Why? Because the Jews are known for not acting upon their knowledge. And the second half, whoever went astray from our worshippers, meaning those people are just people of worship, they're not, they're not scholars, they don't have knowledge, but they went astray, they went astray because they tried to worship Allah upon ignorance and other than knowledge. And that's why they are said to have a resemblance to the Christians. Why? Because the Christians are the pioneers of this of this behavior. 
So, so the Sheikh says, so therefore, the reality is that this surah is a mighty surah. This is a great surah. Look at all these meanings that it contains. Look at what we've looked at so far. You know, how many names this surah has been given. Al-Fatiha. You know, Al-Sab'ul Mathani. Umm Al-Quran. Al-Kafiyah. Al-Ruqiyah. You know, uh, something. Al-Salah. You look at all these names that it's been given. Look at how the, 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 the surah, one half is for Allah, one half is for the servant. Look at how the surah contains the different types of dua. Look at how the surah contains an affirmation of some of the, like, the most fundamental things in the creation, like the sending of the messengers, the re- resurrection of the whole of the creation. How the surah also contains a refutation of all of the groups, of the mushrikeen, of the atheists, of the groups of innovation, of the innovators within Islam. You know, of those people, you know, likewise, uh, it contains an indication of those who are favored by Allah, which are those who who learn and who act, who know and who act, and those who are astray, which is which are those who don't know but yet they act, and those upon whom is Allah's anger, <coughs> you know, who are those who know but they don't act. So this is a mighty surah, and it contains all of these all of these uh, affairs. So the Shaykh says, yes, this is a mighty surah, and the Shaykh, meaning Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab, he will soon speak about all of its most important uh, benefits. Inshallah, we'll stop there. I think we'll just make that the introduction, and we'll continue in, in uh, the next lesson with the explanation of the Shaykh, inshallah. I'm just, uh, what's the Hadith Qudsi mean? Hadith Qudsi is a Hadith in which the Prophet, peace be upon him, says that my Lord said, or Allah said. Right, so basically he's narrating directly from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And those, those type of Hadith are called Hadith Qudsi. As opposed to the, you know, normal Hadith. And the difference between them is that the Hadith Qudsi, when, when the Messenger says that Allah said, then whatever wording he brings, then that is exactly how Allah, Allah, Allah said it. So it's just like basically, just like the Quran, with the difference that the Quran is recited as worship, but the Hadith Qudsi is not recited as worship. Yeah. So when so when the messenger says, "My Lord said," he's quoting him, you know, exactly as as, as what he said. But it's not like the Quran because the Quran is recited as worship, whereas Hadith Qudsi is not recited as worship. Uh, okay, this, this, uh, okay, this, this refutation here, where the Sheikh is taking this from, is taken from a book by uh, Ibn al-Qayyim. And he's got a book called um, Madarij al-Salikin. And this book is three volumes, and all of it is an explanation of just one verse in Surah Al-Fatiha, which is, Iyaka na'bud wa iyaka nasta'in. Three volumes, yeah? And at the beginning of this, of the first volume, uh, Ibn al-Qayyim, he gives a long general description of Surah Al-Fatiha. Right? It goes into like 150 pages. And it covers many of the things that we've already d- discussed in, in, in some detail. Uh, 
within there, you know, he's, he speaks in more detail of how it's the refutation of the, of the atheists, of the, of the Christians, of the Mushrikeen, of the Jahmiyyah, of the, and he mentions the Qadriyyah as well. Uh, how he explained it, I don't, I don't recall, because uh, it's, again, it's just a, a brief you know, paragraph that is mentioned here. But I can look, I can look into that and I can you know, give you from where or from which, you know, from which verse where he's you know, taken that refutation from. But it's going to be in, in, in the first three, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, the Lord of the worlds, that Allah is you know, the Lord and the Rabb. And from that, there are many other things that follow from his creatorship, the fact that he created. Then there are other things that follow on from that, like you know, the pre-decree and the writing and so on and so forth. So it's, I know it's something along those lines. Yeah. It's from it's from Rububiya, where he's taken that from. <coughs> 